0: What's up out there welcome to the addicted fishing podcast and we got some special guests in the the house tonight kim what do you think
1: i think it must be tributary salmon bait time it is it is you
2: guys want to introduce yourselves
3: yes So steve lynch with procure bait sense
2: i'm jason
0: hambley with procure bait sense if you guys are watching on youtube Thanks so much for dropping comments. If you guys can, please give this video a thumbs up. It really does help us. Yeah, because you guys left all those comments, we're going to keep putting them up on YouTube yes. for you
1: guys, so yes. we're listening and watching.
0: Except, where are, were all you guys on the last one? Because there was only like 1,800 views. What the hell? Come on, get over there and watch <laughs> it. We just put one out. What, what was the title? It was like Behind the Scenes Addicted. Oh, oops. I don't know. Well, whatever. It doesn't matter. <laughs> but regardless, we're talking salmon. That's
1: right, we well, are. Have you been catching any? We have been getting some. Yep, it's been slow and steady, but it's not. Uh, I think the uh, the old thing of seventy two thousand fish and yeah. oh, it ain't happening. Like really? I, I've already thrown in the towel. Oh, nope. No, I I know from run sizes and low water years and dry years that first off we've already had some good rains. Second off, we've got good flows. Third off, the commercial fishery isn't doing that well. Like. They ain't coming. No. So, unfortunately. unfortunately. So, you better have your tactics, and you better have everything A-game. Because, I mean, I think there's still going to be fish. Like, I think there'll still be a good run. We'll still catch them. You know, we were we were whacking them out in the ocean. They were getting them at buoy 10. Like, I don't... I mean, I'm not saying we're not going to get any fish, but we ain't getting rec- well, let's see, record it's, setters. It's
0: October 9th right now. Are you talking to guys that are still getting them at buoy 10?
1: Yeah, there has been some guys still fishing buoy 10. But even then, like, they're getting them, but they're not, like... Raking them over the coals. Right. I mean, they're getting some real nice ones too. In yeah. fact, actually, one today we got in the tributary. It was probably like thirteen, fourteen pounds. Oh, that's a good one. Giant mm-hmm. B run buck, but it was blushed already. Huh. So it wasn't like a fresh arrival. Like he'd been playing around, and we just finally picked him off. Yeah. So I don't know. I think we're gonna be. Uh, I think we're gonna be in for a world of.
0: I don't want to hear that. World of heads coming. rolling and. They're still coming. Lots of fish.
1: I, I. You know what? We'll have good fishing through Thanksgiving, but. And it, the guys
3: that pull out more tricks will catch more fish.
1: Oh, that's right. Um, I mean, yeah. that's
3: where you got to be, like you said, on your A game. Doctor them up, do different things, change it up. If you got four guys fishing, you should be fishing four different tactics.
1: Dude, absolutely. I mean, I swear every day I go to the river right now, I've got 30 rods in my boat. because <laughs> I got bobber rods, I got plug rods, I got twitchers, I got yeah. hover rods. It's like. Holy! F- we got a couple bobber, dogger rods. I mean, just anything that you can do to cover some ground, yeah. And to do it right, obviously packing a lot of procure eggs, a lot of different scent bottles, a lot of different chemicals too. Uh-huh. How
0: are you curing them like this type for like the tributary coho? What are you are you doing anything specific or what?
1: I mean, ultimately, I kind of I do my I do my eggs a little bit different, and then maybe these guys can like, kind of elaborate on that too. But I just I use like the base cures, like either the red hot double stuff or like the fuse and they use it as a base and I cure the eggs in that and only that and then I put them up and depending on what I'm going to use them for I either dry them out after the fact or add scent to them after the fact or add more chemical to them after the fact that you know sometimes you yeah, add like a little too much chemical really it kind of melts them and burns them and yeah. they don't store well in situations like that so it kinda I just use you know the ProCure cures just as a preservative. What's there. your favorite? Man, <laughs> I say I like that new fuse. That new fuse is getting it done. It's getting okay. it done for Coho too. Good, okay.
0: but maybe you guys can. Al- yeah, maybe, talk maybe about you like, get a
3: little every on? Because what about most- you, Steven? You yeah. doing?
0: Think what do you doing for tributary Coho? Or? Well, and
3: I'm doing the same thing. I'm doing the liquid egg here, the Last Supper, or the fuse, and, and I don't doctor them up until the morning I'm going to fish them because, it's like you said, if you put too yeah. much chemical on, you'll cook them, turn them rock hard, shrivel them up. That is, I'm going to have my coffee. You know, that morning I'm going to fish. I'll then load them up uh, with sulfite or put a little krill powder and, and at least have five different types of eggs. Because right. what worked yesterday may not work today. And, and it's crazy, but it's just got to be prepared to switch it up.
0: Yeah, for sure. You doing the same, Jason? Pretty
3: Basic.
2: much. Just changing up with scents. A lot of times this time of year I'm using sand shrimp or krill or shrimp krill. Any combination like that, that seems to work really well sand for shrimp, Cajon. can't go wrong. Are you using
0: any sand shrimp and stuff too, Cam? Or what are you doing?
2: Oh yeah, we throw a little bit of that sand shrimp
1: oil too. The ghost, is it ghost shrimp oil you guys? Yeah, yeah, yeah. that Procure makes. That is a staple yeah. in my Chinook eggs this time of Well, year. the,
3: the California's call it ghost shrimp. Yeah. Oregon and Washington, we call it sand shrimp. So that's why the label says ghost slash so yeah. Same thing.
1: Same product. Just, so let's talk about that like sand shrimp, ghost shrimp oil. Like, well, how much of that is you know actual like <laughs> real shrimp?
3: One hundred percent. That's, that's not true. So we're adding UV to it,
1: mm-hmm.
3: right? And then the yeah, you've got to add your
1: stabilizers but, and your yeah. you know, But There's stuff no like filler. That. We're
3: not pumping mineral mineral oil or canola or whatever. That's yeah. well, what, it's that's sand shrimp pool, or that's shrimp prawn. And I mean, some some days we're scrambling looking for baits. And I get all the scrap bait from like TNG Bait and Ray's mm-hmm. Bait Works, and then we're buying a bunch out of Texas and Louisiana. But we press it right there and save them, and then we screen it, and then we stabilize it, add the UV, and then bottle it up. So it is sand shrimp pool.
0: Yeah, and I've been there and seen all the little yeah things turning and making them. All it's pretty interesting. Yeah. i was cool. just
3: wondering how much sand shrimp it goes to really like make
0: there. a guide bottle.
3: <laughs> yeah. A, but, but we we, see, well, we don't throw anything away, so when we press it, mm-hmm. the, the thick goo goes in our sand shrimp gel. Right? Yeah. Because there's just as much scent, if not more, in the head and the, the shell of it. So we grind all all the waste up after we press it for the oil, and that goes in our sand shrimp super gel, or the shrimp prawn super gel. Yeah. So virtually, we throw nothing away, other than if, if we're doing, say, herring or sardine and they're larger than 7 inches, we do have to remove the guts because we can't stabilize that. So that's the only thing that will get scrapped uh, for baits.
0: That's, that's interesting. Why can't you stabilize the guts on those?
3: Can't things? figure it out. It, it, it'll it'll go bad on us. So we just gut them. And, and then the stuff too, if it's... We, we do this crab and shrimp attractant, which is just a hodgepodge of everything. You know, it's a marinade for the crab mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. virtually... <laughs> but, but that changes. But if I have an abundance of sand shrimp, well, then we grind that up and put it in, mm-hmm. you know, with the herring oil. And, and then the main base on that is salmonate juice, so it keeps on the bay floor. So instead of just floating at the top, that's milking out along the bay. But that, again, is it's not a water-based product. It's not a byproduct of canola or whatever cooking oils it's it's 100 official yeah and see cool. and that's what's
1: funny too because like i use you know well i mean everybody knows like tributary chinook you know they get they get real picky on the shrimp you throw at them yes.
2: right yeah.
1: and i mean so one thing i do notice is that you know i'll be honest i try a lot of other shrimp sense. As do we. Yeah, as as I it's going to say, I think as every fisherman does, but none of them is more productive than yours. No. Like, not even close. And it's like, and it just kind of goes back to that, like you said, the natural baits, the real stuff. Like, yeah. and like you said, like Marlon said, we've been to your guys' factory. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot of real dead stuff in there.
3: <laughs> there is, but it's not rancid. No. so no, So no, we pride no. ourselves. Yeah. you know, That's the biggest problem that we have It's like for dealing with the bait guys. I can't take Dead rancid sand shrimp or night. No, I can't not. have it. No. Right? So we've trained them pretty good. Don't even bring that stuff to me because we reject it. But yeah, it's all, and then like our crawfish, for example, we're buying that out of Louisiana. It's food grade crawfish. I mean, it's something you could boil and have a crawfish feed. Well, we're grinding it up.
1: To be honest, how many times have you guys done that there?
3: Well, I'm sure <laughs> my work was a, yeah, it, fat and anchovies go out the door. Really? They're, they're food grade. <laughs> You know, those a lot of times we are buying from Monterey Bay out of yeah. California, and they're, they're food-grade products. So the same thing that you'd find in the tins, Yeah. you know, huh. uh, we just buying them in bigger quantities.
0: That would be a pretty funny Addicted Life episode. We could go to Procure, yeah. get some of the crawfish, head <laughs> to the river, cook them up on the river, and eat them, and then use some of the scent to catch or steal a it.
3: <laughs> the only problem <laughs> is we're not USDA inspected. So uh-huh. it's, we're not for human consumption. Even though, <laughs> in true. a pinch, I've had to go to Oregon Seafood, or Pacific Seafood, yeah. buy sand <laughs> shrimp or crawfish from them just to get orders out.
2: Yeah.
3: It's edible. Food grade, But since we're not inspected, you cannot you're eat, to eat, to eat They it. show
0: up, they're
2: still crawling. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah.
1: Fresh. Yeah.
0: <laughs> That's really cool. Like
1: I said, I mean, it was funny because just last week before we got inundated with small, I was running a few different shrimps, and... You know, back corner rods would have these eggs and these eggs and whatnot. And there was a, since they had a sturgeon opener, the, the sand shrimp deliveries kind of came on the sturgeon opener and then yeah. they were gone. Like yeah. they didn't want to deliver anymore for like a week afterwards. Yeah, yeah. So we were out, we were out of fresh sand shrimp. So we, so I was resorting to the oils and man, it just resounding difference between the Procure and the other brands. Oh like, yeah. Like resounding.
3: So well, I'm not knocking the other guys, right? But you know, there's Ford, Chevy, whatever, but we're the only one that just says it's made with 100% real bait. So the others are having chemists, you know, mass produce it or, mm-hmm. or come up with, with a set matching it up. And I just don't think, you know, if you open up three different bottles of herring, they all smell a little different. Well, you open up three of ours, they all smell the same. Because we break our equipment down from batch, you know, if we change from anchovy to herring, everything's broken down, cleaned up. So there's no cross contamination from one bait to the next.
0: So, with it, with all these different cures and stuff, what, what's, the, what's the point of so many? Like, how many different cures do you have? And then why, what's the reasoning around, like, why is there a red hot double stuff? And then you always have guys like Cam that are going to be like, well, I like the Fuse, only the Fuse. That's what I'm using is just the Fuse. Or whatever it may be. So, like, why so many cures and what's the point of each one?
3: Good question. There's several. I mean, the, the original line of Pro Cure, it, you know, the, the red hot double stuff, the Flame Orange, the Steely Pink, and the Natural... Uh, those were the first commercial cure on the market 36 years ago. First and ones t- ever. First ones ever. Other than care. salt, sugar, borax, right? Your 321. So for a commercial cure, those were the first ones. And Fishman's Green Supply was the first store to place an order with Phil, right? To, to truly sell it, other than his mail order. But, and that form has never changed. But just guys wanted a different, they want a hotter cure, they want a milder cure, they want a barber cure. And we just don't want to miss anybody, right? So, you know, guys always say, "Hey, you need this type, you need that type." Well, yeah, the fuse is something completely different. So that's not the ingredients in that are completely unique to the Last Supper or the Wizard or the Pro Cure. Uh, so they all do just different things for your eggs, right? You know, and then and we have the liquid for the guys that don't want to screw around with any of that. That's just mean. shake it just up, <laughs> pour it over the eggs, six to eight hours. It's easier. Come yeah. in the corner, and they're beautiful. they are beautiful they are and then you can doctor them up and i use quite a bit of liquid just because it's simple and it does a good job on
2: them and a lot of times the different cures will uh, lead to different consistencies with your eggs and some guys if you're if you're doing something that's going to eat bait up a little quicker like drift fishing or something like that Mm -hmm. where you're where you kind of want a little firmer egg if you're going to make it work for longer periods of time or side drifting things like that we you tend to use a cure that's, and let them dry a little harder and firm up a little more. Okay. You wouldn't want to use Last Supper, but if you're doing bobber fishing or you're uh, back bouncing or something where it's not quite as intrusive, you the Last Supper cure works really good for that. Okay. Yeah. So on the opposite of the spectrum, so if you wanted like a good side drift
1: egg to make a harder egg, what, would that, what, would, what cures would you guys recommend?
2: That fused header, the liquid, and just the let it dry it a little liquid, longer. And just dry yeah. it
3: out. Yeah, yeah just even t- any egg that after you've cured it, if you put mm-hmm. it on like a plastic meat drying rack or a cookie sheet with paper towels underneath it and a light fan blowing on it, it'll, they'll get good and tacky. You don't want to get them too dry, but you can firm up just about any egg. And even at the end of the day when you're fishing, if what's left in your pints... Coopy, you can put them out and put a light fan to them. You know, you can sprinkle a little borax on them if you want to firm them up mm-hmm. and, and, and get them to where you use them tomorrow. Because they will soup up on any egg, especially 65 to 70 degree afternoons, you're running around. You know, the bottom of your pints or core containers, they'll get soupy on you. Oh yeah. So all I do is lay those out when I get home and put do them in Do you do that?
0: Do you ever
3: air them back out? or?
1: you just using them all. Honestly, the, just because we busted into a couple of quart jars that were a little soupier than I liked, I did air some out just a couple of days ago. Just, I just put them in a colander overnight with a wet paper yeah. towel over the top of them. And it's not so much to, I don't need them to be firm because we're doing a lot of, like a hover fishing, a lot of bobber fishing right now. But um, but definitely drained off the extra liquid just to kind of stop the curing process sure. so they wouldn't get too goopy. But yeah, we do it every now and then. Those white colanders on the, on the old bait table. Oh, yeah. That's what those are. Okay. That's what those are for. And if
3: you put a fan on that, and 15, 20 minutes to be done. So sit so yeah. out so overnight. If you're worried about a cat or your wife or whatever getting upset. Oh, you almost in the garage. <laughs> there, damn, there at better 15, not be a cat in there. <laughs> 15 or 20 minutes with a fan, would yeah. will do the same thing as overnight with a towel.
1: Gotcha. Yeah. Well, so one question we get asked a lot, and it's probably like, you know, it's, it's best to be answered by the experts because we always talk about, like, hot cures or, like, sugar cures, stuff like that. What... What makes a hot cure and why does somebody want a hot cure? Or what makes a cure hot? Excuse me. What do you why think is a hot cure? first? Exactly. So you exactly. can take it
0: back a step. Yeah. What is
1: a hot yeah. cure?
3: So a hot cure traditionally is is one with heavier sulfites. Sodium sulfite yeah. will make it a hotter cure. And so the, the wizard was, up until the fuse, the wizard was the hottest cure that we had. And then once we came out with a fuse, not the steelhead, but the salmon cure and the fuse is now our hottest. And so it's just a amount of sodium sulfite. And here again, if guys just go get a 32 ounce off the shelf and add it to their cure and they're doing their eggs, they're going to cook their eggs. If they try, there's a fine line between too much. So that's where I always tell them, doctor them up in the morning. Mm-hmm. You know, do the traditional cures. And and the reason why you want a f- hotter egg, the further you are upstream from the tide affected waters, the hotter the cure you should look for. So if you're in tide affected, you know, down on the coastal streams, you want a sweeter cure. So that's where you can even do like a, a liquid sweet or a caro syrup or something on them. You, mm-hmm. you know, right down on the Add sugar. Yeah, sweeten them up. But the further you get upstream is where you want a hotter cure. And there are exceptions
2: to that rule too. Sometimes down there even hotter cures work good. But yeah. it's day to day. You know how that goes. Oh, yeah. That's why it's a good idea yeah. to have an assortment.
1: Yeah.
3: Yeah.
2: I find, like, a lot of the fish
1: that arrive to our systems, like, almost any egg works. Yeah. But then as the fish get, age up a little bit or you get a little like, further along in the season, the hotter cures definitely yeah. definitely show their colors. And so, like, I think that's why we're having a lot of success with the fuse cure, too. You know, we're, we've been picking on maybe some chinook that have been in the river a lot longer yeah. than some of these fresh... I mean, but I will say, to the total opposite of that, I caught, like, three sea-lice chinook on those eggs yeah. just, like, four or five days ago. Right. So, I mean, at the end of the day... Yeah. I guess they'll. Bah, bah, bah. It's still, still an egg. It's still yeah. an egg, but well, it's still an egg until you till there's twenty boats in the hole and five boats catch all the fish. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> you know what I sure. mean? Not, well, there's a
2: certain level of that too. That's presentation and the yeah. whole the whole package. You got to be kind of doing everything. Oh, right. absolutely. Right. The no. bait the bait is a key part, but it's it's yeah. also the operator. No,
1: so. for sure. But I do I do believe in the not all egg cures are created equal. Oh, oh hell no. <laughs> no. So. Yeah, they don't just put a little color and dye on them for sure.
3: And and here again, even with ours, I mean, from batch after batch, the equipment's broken down clean, so there's no cross. So if we're doing Stevie Pink and we go to make, you know, the Till blend, there's no crossover, right? Everything's cleaned, scrubbed, dried, put back together. Consistency is important. Yeah.
0: So, with all these different cures, what are you recommending that people? Because you see all over the map, like Jordan cured eggs in here live the other night, and he pulls the red hot out and just. I mean, he put a pound of it on. It wasn't table salt,
1: it was like. I don't know, like, I can't it was even Johnny was no, it was. <laughs> no,
3: if you would have done that with any Johnnies, you would have tasted nothing. So, but, like, for each
0: cure, like, how much up should be applied?
3: Okay, that's a good question, and we're going to change that on our labels because it was brought to my attention, so we're going to put that on the labels. But the original line of Pro Cures and mm-hmm. the Wizard, that's enough to do, you know, 16 to 20 pounds. They're going lightly sprinkle on roll them around. If you put too much on, it's going to shrivel them up. They'll still catch fish. They just won't be near as attractive. And that goes for the UV cure and the tunic here. Those are all, you know, that 16 to 20 pound range. The, the last supper, th- that you'll put on quite a bit more. That's about 7 to 9 pounds of eggs. And then the fuse is going to do how much? I'd
2: probably say 12 to 15 range.
3: Yeah. And so, on all of our, as we do new labels, we're going to put that right on it. Kind of describe
2: um, how much
1: to add yeah, you know, to sure. the skeins?
3: And because some guys will turn that into a brine. They'll liquefy mm-hmm. it and turn it into a brine. And they still, we can tell them what to do. They still do what they want to do. Right? I mean, they'll tweak it, <laughs> yes. customize it. Oh, yeah. uh, but ideally, like I said, that Pro Cure, the Wizard, the, the UV Cure, and the Tuna Cure, right? 16 to 21 pounds.
2: And then the liquid just do enough to cover the skeins. Put them in a jar, a quart jar. Pour, or a Ziploc bag, and just shake the bottle, pour it over just enough to cover the eggs. And that's about right for that. Hmm.
3: And people always I ask "So they reuse
1: that. Hmm. Well, I used, to, I used to do red hot real heavy until like five or six years ago, where you're just like, oh, no, you should sp- oh, lay the butterfly, the skein open, lay it, and then it's <laughs> almost like table salt. And I was, I was watching you cure a thing, like I said, years ago, and I was like, Huh? You know, I've been adding about ten times, and I think Jordan did about a hundred. Yeah, he was. <laughs> like I mean, you know, and I mean, but shoot, it's not like I didn't catch a couple of fish on, they on it. You we'll know?
3: catch fish. I mean, yeah. just, they just—they aren't as attractive to you or me. But the fish really don't care. I mean, they're still going to milk out. Yeah, right, and put on smoke trail. a fish on. I well, we can it's, argue it's, that
2: it's one of those things. You, yeah. you it, it's unless, yeah. unless you over—if you leave them out too long, they'll turn to just cardboard with that much cure. But you can you can get away with a little more, it's just not gonna it's it ain't gonna do you any good. You're just right. wasting. It's not it. as cost effective yeah. it just did it. And
1: we enough. thank
3: you for using that much. Yeah, yeah no are <laughs> say that.
1: I'm like, why doesn't the bottle say dump half the bottle no. on one no. skein no. of eggs and
0: no. <laughs> sell a lot of cure that way. Yes. Yeah. So I'll buy a five gallon bucket. So you have salmon and steelhead based. What's the differences between the two?
3: So the salmon is a heavy sulfite oh, okay. where the steelhead is not. And just because, in theory, and there's a lot of articles out there that, where people state and believe that steelhead don't like sulfites, but every commercial cure on the market up until like seven or eight years ago was a sulfite-based cure. So steelhead eat it, but in your mind, or a lot of people's minds, they want a lighter sulfite for their steelhead.
1: Well, they didn't catch any steelhead until seven, eight years ago. Sure. Of yes, that on they, eggs. Yeah.
3: <laughs> sure. <laughs> but I mean, those articles—they sound convincing. They're <laughs> they sell it, huh? Yeah. I mean, and, and that's why you know certain companies came out there sulfite-free. Well, but, but sodium sulfite—it does three things. It's a color lock, so if you're doing a pink or red or mm-hmm. even natural, it locks that color, in so they won't get darker as they get older. And then it's an anti-mold inhibitor, so they they won't become a stink egg. And then it's just a scent we know salmon love. Uh, steelhead, must, right? Not, well, no, but don't say t- exactly. that. I know, I know a
1: guy. I know a guy, and I'm not going to mention any names because. And avid, avid summer steelhead egg drifter, and was just knocking the freaking tar out of him. Because so I gave him one of those bottles that you gave me of the of the, uh, of the fuse cure. Yeah. And it wasn't the steelhead, and he was nailing him on it. Yeah. <laughs> and so apparently. Summer steelhead likes sulfite. Well, I went <laughs> up to that. We and went
3: groceries. to Clearwater in Idaho a few years back, and I goofed yeah. up and grabbed all the super hot eggs. That's all I brought. And we had our best fishing trip ever. <laughs> and all it was was heavy, tricked-out sodium eggs.
1: Yeah.
3: And Nuclear. fish didn't care. <laughs> I mean, but I was Blowing. freaking out. I'd go out But I tell you what, it, we had our best year up there.
0: That's cool. So, talking about like, what's Procure got coming? You gonna let any of these addicts out there in on some I new some little new secrets that you guys got? Well, yeah, you know, we're doing.
3: We're, we are working with some other manufacturers, uh, but they're not far enough along where we can come out of that. But soon. Mm-hmm. So, as we do, we'll we'll feed you guys the information first. We are gonna have a, a corn for the Kokanee fishing, and we'll have that eight ways. We'll have, you know, a plain in in the mm-hmm. in the yellow, and then there'll be three of the yellow that are set it. And then in the pink, we'll have a plane, and then th- three that are set And and it will be a beautiful pet corn, not a shriveled up. Uh, yes. <laughs> yeah. But we're you not see, happy with
1: You see some cusp so. cures where the kernels turn into about a quarter of the size, yes. and I just don't think it's big enough target for them. Yeah. That's me. So
3: when we're ready with that, but I'm yeah. hoping to have it, you know, sellable, you know, it, you know by springtime.
1: That's a good time
3: Yeah. for Coke. <laughs> but we're not going to let it go until we're happy with it. Right. So we've been playing with it about a year and a half, and then tricking it out and changing it. And, it's hard to get it right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> you wouldn't think it would be on just corn.
3: Mm. The sales are not crazy, though. I mean, up in Canada, I mean, we've got dealers, the amount of cases that they would buy for the cocaine fishers. The Coke is just blown up. Yeah. Bottom line is, guys just want to fish, and they shut down their salmon runs, their steelhead runs. They're out rigging their boats for kokanee, and they're going out. Four down riggers on the boat, three hundred and fifty rigs set up, and they just want to fish. Mm-hmm.
1: So I can't, I, I can't believe that none of them would want to do that. <laughs> you
0: kokanee fish all the time.
1: <laughs> no, that's true. I think that's a. No, you're right. There's no doubt about it with the uh, with kind of the. The plants that we've got in the last ten years—that's definitely the direction it's going. They better start planting coconut yeah. a little more than they do. Sure.
3: Yeah, it's sad that we, you know, we're a Northwest-based company, mm-hmm. but this last year we sold more product to the Southeast market than we did in our own backyard. Yeah. And we own the territory as far as I'm concerned. When we go look at a dealer, you know, we're seventy-plus percent of the set yeah. is ours, but Florida, Texas, Louisiana—far greater in sales. Than Oregon, Washington, California.
1: Well, if people can't go
0: fishing, that's right. They're not
3: going to buy your scent. Yeah, but absolutely. You
0: know, it, it's just sad. So you guys are supporting hatchery and wild coexist. Yes, so we. what made you
3: want to support that? We want fish. Absolutely that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. uh-huh. We we want fish. Yeah. Bottom lines, I and mean, we, you know, I mean, it's, it's a no brainer. It's
2: the it's no. the it's the closest thing I've seen yet to something that's going to direction everything in the right going the right way so i like it
0: cam talked on it a little bit for people that might not have heard about it no i mean for you guys
1: that don't know i mean there's been a a very big industry-wide coalition that's been kind of forming up that want to just basically support our hatchery systems and and you know when we talk about supporting the hatchery system it's just just if you guys are unfamiliar with it it's not a blanket statement of just putting as many hatchery fish as you can. They gotta be the right ones. They gotta be at the right time. They gotta be in basin genetics. They gotta, you know, they gotta have. They gotta meet the criteria to have a good returning hatchery fish. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, I mean, our states and powers that be just. Kind of choose to ignore it. They kind of placate themselves right to the wild fish groups, yeah. and uh, unfortunately, we've seen no good from it. No, I and mean, we've done they've none. done they've done plenty of stream rehabilitation. Right, and, and not, I mean and just it, you know, this is a cause and effect situation. From you know some I will call them frivolous feel good lawsuits that occurred you know 15 years ago that we're seeing the effects of it now. Now, fortunately, the studies and the science is completely swinging the other way. And at the end of the day we either got habitat or we got hatcheries if we want fish. Yeah. One of the two. So yeah. we better figure it out. Last I checked, there's been no real uh, strong removals for picking up downtown Portland and moving it off an estuary zone. Mm-hmm. There's been no movement on move, removing Bonneville Dam nah. or getting rid of the farming and irrigation. Nor will ever be. Or nor, nor will <coughs> there be in, in, the, yeah. in the near future. Yeah. You know, so as, as we develop and as we continue to develop, we can't put the cart in front of the horse and get rid of the hatchery fish to solve the problem because yeah. inadvertently, we killed our fisheries we're actually hurting wild fish in some situations where you have these predation situations where that now they're only eating wild fish and we're starving orcas in the process mm-hmm. like it's just it's anyway so yeah so for those of you guys that don't know See, you got me started. This is the, you don't, don't do that. It's not good. Because some guy, in the air, <laughs> I've done the speech every day throughout the last four days in the boat because a client goes, what's that sticker right there? And it's like, oh, let me tell you. <laughs> but no, for those of you guys that aren't familiar with www.hatchery-wild-coexist.com, check it out. Change the narrative. It's, uh, it's growing. It's going to continue to grow.
3: Well so. and it needs to. It needs to. Well we were driving up d upper the <laughs> last week or week and a half ago on oh, the closing day. Drop. And we, we came up with a dozen fisheries that used to be in the last eight to ten years and are no you, longer there. We were driving over the rivers. Yeah, and literally, you know, it's so disgusting. What no you're fish, talking about? No, no fish, fish there. Yeah, there. <laughs> I used to fish there. I used to
1: fish yeah. there. Oh yeah, yeah. I remember when they had? Remember when they had ten thousand springers yeah. there? Yeah. Literally, I mean, we're just sitting it was, there like crazy, dude. Every morning on my local river, like like there's like three or four guide boats there, and it's just a freaking sob story. It's like they had this stuff figured out. 10, 12... 15 years ago and yeah. now they have nothing
2: yeah
1: like nothing
2: yeah
1: like i don't know what you guys thought was that was so bad because now you don't even have well i mean it's terrible what and really we had bad far. oceans and we had right. you know we had these situations we have improved we'll call them improved fish passage situations we yeah. get improved programs that are kind of moving these fish up and down past some of the hydropower projects yeah. but we still have nothing yeah that's like, well, what changed? Well, it's the plat numbers.
2: Yeah. What blows me away is look at the summer steelhead numbers. That's just mind-boggling. It's disgusting. Oh, it's horrid. Horrid, horrid. Dude.
0: That's probably one of my most missed, like, in all the rivers. And oh, all yeah. the tributaries and stuff. I mean, it's it's just
3: sad. And
1: for, and for what? What have <laughs> we gained from
0: it?
3: Nothing Nothing, Wait,
1: nothing, we have nothing the States of either, but...
3: <laughs> we, <laughs> be five, we have five guys in yeah. the what, four years ago, on August 4th, we hooked and released over 55 steelhead. Two years later, what was it, four? You see, I I mean, mean, you have a little
1: bit of, like, bad ocean, like, we definitely, I mean, you have to admit, like, 14 to 16, you know, 14 to 15, four years ago, right? I mean, anything we put out came back and came back healthy. But so I kind of, take those four years out of it, take those, take those, gangbusters fall chinook and fall steel or summer steelhead runs out of it look back at even like 2010 look back at 2008 six we still had better runs yeah. than we did yeah.
2: now and we had El i Mania. i looked all like, the way back to the 40s it's right. it's right now is as bad as it's ever been Right, like, exactly. Wow. And, Historically,
1: and and you—they want to say bad ocean, and they want to do this, but yet steelhead runs in some of these tribal situations are, are resoundingly insane. Mm-hmm. What are they doing different? Did those yeah. all all those fish uh, go to a different ocean last yeah. I checked? <laughs> they did exactly. Well, so,
3: even the hatchery plants—some of these hatcheries have been cut over eighty percent. In the last 10, 12 oh, that's years. That's exactly Right? I mean, so if you're not putting any fish in,
1: it, it, each you know,
3: year they cut it 6% or 8% or 10%. Right. What well, adds up in 10 years?
1: Right. And, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, in 2000, we were putting 180 Chinook smolts between the Columbia River and the Puget Sound. Now we're down to about 105. And it's like, you know, that number has gone down over the last 15 years. And for what and for why? Yeah. We just starve baby orcas, I guess. Yeah. Continue to do that because we sure as hell didn't give their habitat back. Yeah. Well, maybe a couple small dams, but like at the end of the day, we didn't give their habitat back. No. You don't have the habitat, you better figure out your hatcheries. So, anyways. I'm not, the- I'm, not going, I'm not going any further. Because <laughs> then tangent. I'm going to start getting real pissed off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm going to be real angry on the life feed tonight, guys. So, the
0: last podcast you guys were launching it's been a long time since you've been in here but the last and that's my fault so don't blame it on anyone but me the last podcast you guys were launching that um, spray scent how is that doing for the rooster tails good is that selling well it's not
3: doing good it's it's doing phenomenal phenomenal Uh, it's it's in every Walmart across the nation with six of the SKUs some of them have more but at least six Yakima has done a beautiful job of promoting it advertising it and creating demand for it Mm-hmm. And and it just threw the. Roo- Were
1: you spraying some of your jigs with that with the with the
3: shrimp? Yep. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
3: they did a they did a phenomenal job. Yeah, it definitely it crosses
0: over exactly. into other scents. Yeah, into other fisheries, not just rooster tails. Like the the scents cross over into other.
2: Fisheries. We've also uh, the water soluble. We started putting it in a round bottle and we got a spray cap on it now. That's yeah. that's so cool. That's more user
3: friendly. Yeah. So we copied from them with their permission. But we're not doing the same scents, so no. the, the the custom scents oh, we're doing for them are theirs. Freaking for jigs. Um, and the new yeah. material, the
1: new must add uh, <laughs> jig materials. Yes. That's gonna be yeah.
3: money. But it's so just user friendly.
1: Yeah. That's I mean it's it is, is, it, it sand shrimp though, so I mean what steelhead likes a sand shrimp? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> 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 steelhead don't like sand shrimp. No, not at all. That I'm excited
2: about that.
0: That's yeah. cool. Yeah.
2: No, plus, they merchandise in the stores a lot better. Yo, oh, yeah, yeah. Those bottles always fall over on mm-hmm. those water soluble bottles. <laughs> yeah, we bought a box of goodies. Yeah, are yes. we those uh, in curious. stores now? Can uh, they're get they're trickling in. It's a it's a
0: to change.
2: What about on your website? Yeah. yeah. What's your website? It's uh, pro dash cure dot com.
0: Pro dash cure dot com, guys. If you guys want to get these water soluble scents it. that we're talking about, and then they'll be available in all the retailers, obviously, eventually, but. Right now, go to their website because I know I'm, Cam's not getting this bottle back. <laughs> Damn it. Oh, <we> <laughs> I knew I should have handed it
3: we, we brought uh, a box of goodies. We're, we're taking diamond home.
0: Yes, we're about
1: to do a live feed. We better get to it. Huh? I know. Thank you, you guys for tuning in feed. to this podcast. As always, if you're watching this on YouTube, be sure to give this a thumbs up. And if it's the first time you kept checking out anything on Addicted Fishing, always subscribe and turn that little bell notification on.
0: Yes, and comment below if you guys listen to this on iTunes or Google Play or Spotify. I want to know which platforms you guys oh, are yeah. consuming this podcast in. So, comment below which one you like to listen to it on. And thanks so much for tuning in. i we'll see you on the
1: road. Bye, guys.